This is District Sentinel Radio, the newscast of record for the left. I am Sam Sachs. I am Sam Knight. We are broadcasting from Pistown, Washington, D.C. Check out the website, districtsentinel.com. And we are in the midst of a nationwide uprising. And the crackdown has begun. We'll get into that in just a second with the newscast. But there are going to be a lot of arrests, which means there are going to be a lot of trials coming up, which means you might be called to be a juror in some forthcoming months. And we have some advice for you here at the Sentinel. Right, Sam? Yes, that's correct. Which is... Remember jury nullification. I am now the Google jury nullification guy, (laughs) along with many other people. And uh, basically, the idea is do not shirk on your duty, on on the call of jury duty. And also, and this this is very crucial, don't come out with the ACAB shit during the jury selection process. Yeah, Because if you correctly say that you do not trust the police and you are honest, they're going to send you home. The prosecutor, uh, actually not even the prosecutor, that's the worst thing about it, is basically we want to make things as hard as possible for the prosecution. So if you go into the selection and you say a cab, the judge can send you back to the jury selection pool. The prosecutor and the defense lawyer, for that matter, they each can strike a certain number of jurors and they don't have to give any reason. But if you admit to being impartial, the prosecutor doesn't have to use that. Uh, to They can't invoke that power then. Right. So anyway, the point is, is you want to maximize your chances of getting on the jury. And then once you're on the jury... You can refuse to convict for any reason. You don't ever have to give a reason to acquit. And hopefully you can convince your fellow jurors to do the same. And even if you can't, you can hang the jury. <laughs> the you more need, you know. Yeah. You need unanimous uh, agreement to convict and one person can hang the jury. So absolutely refuse to convict anyone charged with crimes related to fucking looting during, you know, the ACAB spring. There it is. And with that said, let's get to it. It is Monday, June 1st, 2020. Here's the news. The crackdown to nationwide protests is intensifying This morning, Muriel Bowser, mayor of Washington, D.C., declared a 7 p.m. curfew for the next two nights. The move came after shit was righteously fucked up again in front of the White House last night. The visitor center across the street in Lafayette Square Park was set ablaze. There was also some fire damage to St. John's Church, where presidents often go for services. For the record, the church's leaders came out afterward in support of demonstrations for George Floyd. The nearby AFL-CIO building was also hit by demonstrators last night, though only the lobby, none of the badass ground floor murals were touched. The attack led to introspection on social media. Cooper Carraway, Sioux Falls AFL-CIO president, said, quote, 
The people did not recognize the building as the headquarters of a movement that fights for them. That is our fault. Also, there were numerous calls for the AFL-CIO to use this moment to expel police unions from their ranks, which they should absolutely do. The damage to organized labor came the night after false reports of damage to organized capital. Saturday night, scaffolding behind the Hay Adams Hotel was lit on fire. There were rumors that the flames were coming from the nearby Chamber of Commerce, which unfortunately turned out to be untrue. Whatever happens tonight, you can expect a lot of people are going to have their doors kicked in soon over the coming days and weeks in D.C. and around the country. Attorney General William Barr has ordered the FBI Joint Terrorism Task Force to work with 56 local police departments to make arrests and get charges to stick. In a statement, Barr cited the old racist trope about outside agitators. He also said, quote, The violence instigated and carried out by Antifa and other similar groups in connection with the rioting is domestic terrorism and will be treated accordingly. And, of course, he is echoing what the president has been saying on Twitter. He has been repeatedly ranting against Antifa on Twitter amid this nationwide uprising, uh, which is only very tangentially related to Antifa. But so just to just to be clear what has been going on in the past few days, we have all seen images on social media of cops beating, shooting, maiming and killing people. Also targeting journalists reporting images of their brutality. We have seen videos around the country of cops using their cars like white nationalist James Fields did in Charlottesville when he murdered Heather Heyer. Now we're seeing President Trump and the attorney general lash out at anti-fascists in response to young people of color leading uprisings around the country against police violence. So, is it still controversial to say the U.S. is a fascist country? In related news, this morning, human bag of sugar, Tom Cotton, called for the military to be used against, quote, Antifa terrorists. Weird how when you build your career off the atrocities you commit abroad, you want to do them at home, too. Tom Cotton... What a guy. I wish Antifa would redacted Tom Cotton. I, I will just note this as a fact and um, just state it as an objective fact as a journalist, which is that Tom Cotton uh, lives in a house. <laughs> he has a house. He has a home where he lives and sleeps. And plays it, with his micro machines. And eats cake after cake after cake. <laughs> anyway, if they want this to stop, the charges on Derek Chauvin should be upgraded, and other officers who were there when George Floyd was murdered also need to be charged. Also, Congress could help calm things down by forcing the courts to judge violent cops by harsher standards. There are uprisings not just in Minneapolis, but all around the country for a fucking reason. The nationwide unrest could lead to Congress granting the Pentagon a request to call up more retired soldiers to active duty. Last month, the Defense Department asked Congress to remove the statutory limit on the number of former troops that can be recalled to active duty during an emergency situation, like a natural disaster or mass unrest. The request was made prior to the wave of street actions we've seen in response to the murder of George Floyd by Minneapolis cops. 
It was made with an eye on the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic. The request was flagged by investigative journalist Stephen Aftergood with the Federation of American Scientists. Now, current law restricts the Pentagon to recalling only 1,000 retired soldiers. The department hopes to have the reforms included in next year's defense authorization bill, though. According to the request, Defense Department officials claim, quote, given the unpredictability of war and national emergencies such as the COVID-19 pandemic, waiver of the 1,000-member limit will better posture the department to respond to unpredictable and rapidly evolving situations, end quote. Defense Secretary Mark Esper attempted to dismiss concerns about the Pentagon raising a secondary army of retired troops by claiming that the department will adhere strictly to the mission requirements each time. Mission requirements determined by the Pentagon. Last month, defense officials reached out to 800,000 retired military members inquiring if they would be interested in re-enlisting to help contend with coronavirus Pentagon claimed that they received responses from roughly 14,000 people asking for more information. Deploying U.S. troops to respond to mass civil unrest sparked by racist cops would be a powder keg, obviously. If there's one institution that's been documented to have as many ties to white supremacy as police, it's the U.S. military, both within its active duty and retired ranks. Military Times poll from 2019 found that 36% of active duty soldiers reported evidence of white supremacist activity in the armed services. That was up from 22% in 2018. The World Health Organization has suspended testing on hydroxychloroquine for COVID-19. France has banned the drug for coronavirus treatment, saying it can cause heart problems or other serious health risks. But the stage is being set for a global disaster, courtesy of the far right. The White House on Sunday announced it would be sending 2 million doses of hydroxychloroquine to, Bra to Brazil, where President Trump's ally Jair Bolsonaro is in power. Even worse, the White House said it would be used, quote, to help defend Brazil's nurses, doctors, and healthcare professionals against the virus, of course, referring to the coronavirus. So they're putting at risk healthcare workers who are tasked with treating everyone else who gets the coronavirus. The aid shipment does include something useful, 1,000 ventilators. Brazil has had the second-worst response to the coronavirus, only behind the U.S. in terms of cases, and more than 29,000 people have died of COVID-19 in Brazil thus far. That's the fourth-highest death total in the world. Bolsonaro has attended anti-lockdown protests and has called COVID-19 a little flu. He is. He has also been seen shaking hands with supporters and vowing to hold a barbecue for over two dozen guests. The disease is also striking Brazil at a time when Bolsonaro is increasingly isolated politically. His justice minister, now former justice minister, Sergio Moro, recently resigned amid accusations of Bolsonaro meddling in investigations, as Reuters noted last month. The president's inner circle is increasingly tied to the military. In April, he attended a rally where demonstrators called for a suspension of the Supreme Court and Congress and a return to military rule. Bolsonaro himself said, among other things, quote, we have the armed forces at the people's side. Not to sound too pessimistic, though, Reuters said that a coup is unlikely in Brazil. It's possible that the country might soon join the United States in the cool zone. 
which if you don't know what that is, you're not as online as we are. Uh, there's now an entry on UrbanDictionary.com, so you can look it up. Welcome, Brazil, to the cool zone. <laughs> Finally, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, Secretary of the Cool Zone, said the administration is days away from unveiling new actions against the International Criminal Court. The body moved forward in March with an investigation into U.S. and coalition forces war crimes during the war in Afghanistan. Somehow During, that story just flew completely under the fucking radar. Yeah, totally. Um, a lot of stuff is when uh, there's a fucking pandemic. Huh? Now there's an uprising and a pandemic. I wonder what else is, you know, falling through the cracks. Well, that's why they listen to our podcast, though. We try to catch some of this stuff. During a, an interview released Monday, with the conservative think tank, the American Enterprise Institute, Pompeo claimed that the U.S. is, quote, the most civilized nation in the world, and that the IC is putting, quote, our young men and women at risk. The secretary added that he doesn't want to, quote, get out ahead of any announcements from the White House, but that the administration's forthcoming actions will show, quote, how determined it is to prevent having Americans and our friends and allies in Israel and elsewhere hauled in by this corrupt ICC. Pompeo then complained that the ICC was beginning to look into Israel's actions in the West Bank, saying such investigations are, quote, completely inappropriate. The U.S. is not currently a signatory to the treaty that created the ICC. And since its inception, the body has focused primarily on African heads of state. The court's decision to investigate the U.S., though, was agreed to unanimously by a panel of judges on the ICC in March. One of the areas of the probe will be the use of black sites by the CIA and military where people were tortured, sexually assaulted, and subjected to other cruel and inhumane treatment. Pompeo on Monday claimed that a series of announcements about the ICC will come not just out of the State Department, but will be, but will be from, quote, across the government. Uh, my guess is the administration is just going to designate the ICC a foreign terrorist organization seems to be their go-to move lately. That uh, Weren't they supposed to invade the Hague? Wasn't that the whole uh, George W. Bush era law? The yeah, Hague it was something about if Act. they... I think it, it was, you know, they'll protect U.S. citizens. So if the Hague ever tried to come after an American... Right, right, right. This is just the investigate the the uh, investigation level. But if if charges ever amount from this, by law, the United States government has to bomb the Hague. <laughs> Which I'm sorry for laughing, but what the fuck? <laughs> um, look, let's let's not put anything past uh, the U.S. government at this point. All right, that music means. The newscast is over. Time to read some poetry for our new subscribers over at patreon.com slash district sentinel. $5 a month. You get access to all the bonus content and your own poem written for you read on the air. This first one goes out to Jim. Pray for the target. Pray for the Wells Fargo Bank. Pray for police cars. Thank you, Jim. Someone has to. They've uh, 
A lot of, lot of inanimate objects out there really suffering over these last few days. My, my heart is with the people of AutoZone. <laughs> <laughs> all right, this is for Joshua. What did we all learn? Cover your entire head. Elmo knows Smashy. Thank you, Joshua. Finally, this is for Shea. When this is over and the cops have been abolished, leave the graffiti. Thank you, Shea, and fuck 12. That's right. Thank you, Shea. Thanks to all the new subscribers. That's patreon.com slash district sentinel. We got any... uh... We got any rant line calls? Uh, No rant line calls, so y'all need to do better. Call the rant line. Tell us about your experience lighting a police car on fire. 202-684-6108. All calls on the rant line are anonymous. Unless you choose not to. Should we do it? Should we pull the plug on this? Are we done here? Yep. Just, uh, you know, stay safe and... uh don't do anything unilaterally, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I believe they do. We'll be back tomorrow with a brand new newscast. We're here in D.C., so you don't have to be.